I think just about everybody here knows David and Paula Tim from Amarillo. They have a ministry called Lost But Not Forgotten. And uh, we're going to ask Paula to come and give you a short testimony. She blew my socks off all ago when she was just talking about it. And so, Paula. All right, thank you. Well, it's good to be here in an area where you appreciate homes and ranches and land and pastures that burn. And uh, our home, our family farm, is in Hemphill County, Canadian, Texas, on Highway 33. And we're right in the middle of pasture and grass. I mean, there is nothing but grass and pasture and trees that have have died and branches fallen off in the ice storm. And so Monday night, my sister that lives up there, one of my sisters and her husband, they were in Colorado skiing. He's part of the volunteer fire department up there, but he went skiing in Colorado. So they were gone. They live in the home place on the hill. We call it the headquarters. My other sister lives a mile north in a tree row, and she was staying the night with us in Amarillo. About midnight, she came in and got Dave and I up and said, hey, they're telling me I'm getting texts. We are in a major mess, and my house is right in the middle of the fire, and they're right there. I said, well, we got to go. She said, I got to go. I said, yeah, we're going. So we got in the car. Before before I start, though, I want to tell you that Dorman you know, had those signs protected by the God of Psalm 91. And I bought several of them and distributed them around to different people. And our, my family up there, we all have one hanging on our houses. And so we head out. Midnight, it's two-hour drive up there, and we don't know what we're going to find when we get there. We talked to one of my cousins who's just a, a few um, miles from our house is the crow flies, and she's in a pasture too. And uh, she said, I know my houses are gone. She had two. And she just lost her dad, who lived in one of those for 70 years, probably. And so she said, I know mine are gone. And so we were just thinking, oh, you know, what are we going to find? Well, we got up there, two in the morning. The fires had died down. They were like rivers, though, long, narrow rivers running through all the valleys, all the valleys. And um, our house was okay. And so Dave, after we got there and no wind, it was calm. Dave, we got in the pickup and drove around to everybody's house that we knew all protected. And our house down where my uncle is was just the east, a mile east in, in the valley. We call it Moore Valley the fire came over the hill, and the Crawford Fire Department, all volunteers, they were there just like that. My cousin said, I can't believe how fast those road graders and bulldozers can go when they're after it, you know. And this is a picture of the hill right by my sister's house on the hill. And they were right across the road. That fire was right on the other side of us, and it... The graders came and graded a path, and it did not come near us. So we were surrounded north, south, east, and west, but it did not come near us, protected by the God of Psalm 91. So I had to share that with you because now the good news is our pastures, we were fringed. That's all. Just a fringe of our pastures were burned. And now 
ranchers that have lost their grass completely are already putting cattle on our land, and we love that. We love that. We're going to have some baby cows, some mamas and some baby calves, and we love that. We have never had that. We've just had steers. <laughs> Wonderful testimony. Thank you, honey. Thank you, God. Yeah, God protected us and blessed us and our extended family for what reason? So that we could be a blessing. Yeah, it's not for us, just for us. It's so we can spread the joy around, isn't it? You know, we've, uh, we've been givers all our lives, and, and we've had a chance to sow seed into different things. And, and you know, to give hilariously brings great joy. Um, because, you know, in the, in the, under the new covenant, you know, the, the weight and the burden of, of giving according to figures and, and uh, obligations is over. And uh, so, you know, I came up there, um, you know, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you what, what we did, but I came up there with our life savings in, in, a, in a bag and all the cash we had, and uh, just in case, you know, somebody needed some money uh, for whatever, but we didn't run into them. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a cow lost on any of the land near us, and yet over the river, a guy lost 400 head of cattle just that night. So, you know, oh, God is so good. And, you know, I was thinking about that. Oh, I don't know if you've been reading the internet and somebody announced all these witches were going to pronounce this and that and the other against, you know, God's people and Trump and all that. And so, you know, of course, my wife's an intercessor, so her immediate action is, Okay, let's come against this in Jesus' name. I bind this thing, and, and Father, I, you know, I release the host of heaven to come against this, this uh, curse, that, and I break this curse in the name of Jesus, and it shall not come near us. And, and you know, and, and I, th- I think that's great if God calls you to do that. But my response is kind of like, whatever, you know. They're not going to get in the way of the will, will of God. You know, they can't do anything that God can't fix and can't come against. They're not going to slow down the gospel of grace. They're not going to keep us from preaching the exchange life, you know? They're not a threat to us. You know, does, that, does that sound uh, a little bit... Uh, are you uncomfortable with that? You know? Okay, because Luke ten nineteen says what? It says, Jesus says, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and all of the works of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. Yeah, this is a little irritation, but look what came out of it. You got people from all over Texas, all over the panhandle, hauling hay to this area for the, the, for the ranchers that are suffering right now, for their flocks. Man, it's bringing out the best in all of us that God has put together. It's an opportunity for us to shore up and to... And to to pick up one another in, 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 through, this, through this tragedy. And I think it's, I think it's great. Um, now, for those lost lives and cattle and all that and homes, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a, it hurts. But if it points us to the king, to the God of Psalm 91, and, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's going to do, it's, it's going to galvanize this, this body of Christ in this area, and we're going to see great and mighty works of God, works of love, works of grace. And, um, you know, I, I, like, 
I want to carry that attitude into Africa. You know, I was just reading in Jude, and, and Jude said, even Michael the archangel didn't pronounce a railing judgment against Satan when they were arguing over the body of Moses. <clears throat> and I thought, okay, you know, I, I'm not going to think too highly of myself here, am I, Lord, if I say, you know, Michael's an archangel and a servant of God, but I'm, I'm a son. I'm a child of God. I've been called to a, a, a special Mess- to be a special messenger of the gospel. So, and we're, jud- we're going to judge these, these demonic creatures. So, you know, I- I'm not going to pay any respect to the enemy. I'm not going to fear him. I'm not going to fight him because my Lord, I-, I vicariously have already won the battle with this, with this devil. And Jesus said, hey, I've, I've overcome the world. I've already, you know, I've, I've already done the job. I've done the work. Now you guys go collect the spoils. You collect the spoils. You preach the gospel. You know, nothing by any means shall harm you. You'll trample upon serpents and scorpions, David. Nothing shall by any means harm you. So fear has to leave. Anxiety has to leave. You know, the host of heaven. You know, God, I don't micromanage that. I do ask God to send in his warring host to go before us, to remove the blinders from the unbelieving so that they can be saved, so they can be delivered. But I see my work and the work of Lost But Not Forgotten and my men, we're as, uh, as kind of a cleanup crew. We're, we're kind of there to gather the spoils. It's like the 180,000 Assyrians who were dead in the camp and, uh, you know, and, and the Judahites came out and, and seized the, the spoils. Man, that's what we're about. Let's seize the spoils. Seize the day. Preach the word of God. Collect. Expand the kingdom. Gosh, the body of Christ. This is his body, and, and it's going to be limited. Think of that. The body of Christ will be limited to a certain number. And when that number comes into the kingdom... Boom, it's over. The kingdom of God has been established. And Jesus' rule and reign on this earth will, will begin in earnest. He's already, he's already king. He's already Lord. And, uh, but, all right, you know, I, I see my job as I come before you as, as one of mainly reporting, sharing, the need, and giving you guys kind of a a thirst and a hunger for the work of the kingdom. Uh, Wayne used to, uh, Pastor Wayne Niffin always told me, he said, David, if if you brag about Jesus and lift him up and glorify him everywhere you go, then the Father will put his words in your mouth and everything will go smoothly. Everything will take care of itself. That's my job, to glorify King Jesus, to tell others about what he's doing so that you too can join with me in this great work. Now, I'm not talking to strangers. I'm talking to friends. You know, we love coming here, and uh, we're, so, we're so relaxed here. You know, we're not, we don't feel bound, and we feel like a, a very openness, receptive hearts are here. Uh, warm hearts. 
friends, and we really enjoy being here, worshiping. It's a great experience, isn't it, honey, you know, here at this church. And, um, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty tough night for us. It's amazing how many Saturday nights I have problems. Uh, this time was with allergies, you know. I, I have a CPAP on, and then I start, you know, my allergies hit, and my eyes start watering, and I start draining, and then, uh, you know, pretty much the whole night's done after that. So that, that kind of happened last night, but <clears throat> as, as things have been happening with me, you know, I'm going by myself this time on the next mission trip, and I, I begin to realize that Jesus is saying, David, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. You know, you know, why doesn't God remove some things that we command, that we take authority over, that we believe for, and yet still sometimes it, it doesn't happen? It, has to, it must center around this, that God allows these things to happen in order that his power may be perfected in our weakness. And I'm not saying we settle for anything, sickness, disease, poverty. I'm not saying we settle for anything. I'm just saying that once you've done all and you're standing and you're still facing the same issue, then it could be just Jesus saying, David, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. Paul goes on to say, then I'll, I'll most gladly about, uh, boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with persecutions, with troubles, because when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, I just heard about Brother Jake, who's, who's fixing to go to medical school soon, and, and uh, I, you know, I hope he doesn't have the same issues that I had with... Uh, Oh, uh, arrogance, you know. Uh, the word says in Second Corinthians chapter 8, I believe, or First Corinthians 8, as a thing sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. So while you're, sometimes while you're strengthening yourselves in one area of your life and becoming, and becoming expert in, in one thing, that strength can actually hinder you from receiving the grace of God because you're, you're suddenly now strong in the flesh. And I'll be honest with you guys, I wasn't perfect when I started going to Africa. I'm still not. You know, there were times when I was operating in the flesh, you know, and, and you know, things didn't work too well. <laughs> Have you guys seen this uh, movie, um, uh, The Shack? Uh, I know many of you have read the book, and but uh, we saw it, and it's a delightful movie about the grace of God, learning repe- reconciliation and repentance, and and uh, you know it's not good theology. You know, we, we don't go watch this movie for theology. We're we're watching it to to see how God's grace can just unfold in a person's life, and so Jesus in the movie, takes this guy, Mac, out on the water, you know, and, and uh, he's in a boat, and the boat starts to bust up, and Jesus says, look, look at me, look at me, keep your eyes on me, don't look at the boat, look at me, you know, don't look at fabricated evidence, look at me, you know, and, and so he looks at Jesus, and then suddenly everything calms down, 
And Jesus invites them to, to go walk on the water. So together they walk across the lake, you know. And he gets to shore, and they, Jesus puts, gives him an assignment to take care of. He comes back, and, and Max starts walking on the water again, he thinks. And uh, he gets about knee-deep when he realizes, hey, this isn't working like it did the first time. And Jesus said, you know, this works better if I go with you. <laughs> you know, and, and this is what we got to remember in life. You know, especially with strong-willed individuals or, or folks who have a lot of confidence in self, which is not a good idea, but that's another story. <clears throat> but <clears throat> we've got to go where he's going, not lead him, but let him lead us. And this upcoming trip, <laughs> I, uh, th- I identified or uh, it's previously identified unreached people groups in northern Cameroon. And uh, I thought, wow, this sounds good. This sounds really good. This must be where God wants us to go, you know. And, and I'd already heard about Emma's dream. Emma had a dream, and Jesus said to him, Now, Emma, get ready for the March campaign. You know, you're going to be identifying villages with Ezekiel, and you're going to need to go, you know, in the Godwa area. Just kind of, kind of like as an aside, you're going to the Godwa area, so you know, be ready to... And so Emma and Ezekiel in the dream, they went and started identifying villages for the upcoming campaign, and then he woke up. So he shared that with dream with me a couple of months ago. And uh, I thought, well, okay, that's good, because, you know, those villages where I picked out are pretty close to Godawa. They're between Madawa and Godawa. Okay, you know, fine. And uh, so I sent them to those villages I'd, I previously identified, and and, I, and when they got up there, they got to the prefect, and the prefect says, sorry, guys, but nobody is allowed in that area. I don't care if you have, you know, a regiment of troops with you. My government will not let me allow you to go in that area and do your program. So I thought, well, that sounds pretty much like a closed door. So I'm on the phone with Emma. He's in, he's in northern Cameroon at the time. I jump up, run upstairs to the computer, pull up the Joshua Project list organization website, go to Cameroon, look for the little red dots that are represent unreached people groups among the Muslims, and then I see their position on the map, and I go, oh, there's a couple of, there's a, there's a big pocket of people here called the Fali like Mali, except with an F. And they're, uh, they're in this, this area called uh, Mayo'ulu Center. Uh, have you heard of that? And Emma goes, oh, yeah, we saw some of those villages on our way up. They went past them going north. And uh, sure, Daddy, and Ezekiel knows that language, and they speak for full day. And, and so, yeah, yeah, we can, we can go there instead. We'll do that tomorrow. So they go there, get permission. We've got five villages outlined. And, you know, off we go. Why did I say that? Because things work out better when Jesus is with you in the program. Now, the Lord wasn't angry. You know, it's, it, we were a moving vessel. I would made plans, you know. But God knows the plans for us. And the Holy Spirit redirected us 
It wasn't a 180-degree swing. It was like a three-degree swing, you know. Just come back an hour south and 20 minutes east, and you're right there. So that was kind of the process that the Lord has taken us through for this upcoming trip. It's a little bit different, and everyone is. We all have different obstacles and different things going on. Next slide, honey. I'm going to go through these pretty quickly, I hope. Now, you guys are probably tired of seeing this, this picture right here. But, hey, can we turn this uh, off back there, uh, the background computer? Thank you. And here's a picture of West Africa. Uh, you know, an impossible mission. And that's what I love about it, because God has to be in it for it to work. And we've been in business now for nine years, in, or in our ninth year, and it appears to be working. You know, the Lord has graciously given us over 115,000 Muslim decisions during that time. Uh, just this year, nearly 20,000. Last year, 58,000 plus. Year before, 20. Year before that, 5. Year before that, 3. So you can see the progression of, of what the Spirit's doing. Now, I'm in the midst of what the Spirit is doing, and you are too, because you're partnering with me by prayer and by financial ties and, and uh, friendship and, and all of that. And so when I rejoice, you rejoice also, because what goes to my account goes to your account. You know, those who stay by the baggage are going to get the same reward as those who go into battle. You know, um, my life was a very unique turn of events where God had, you know, had to do some things to get me involved in this ministry. And I, I, I look back on it now and I see this is my destiny. But, you know, it's not for everyone. Uh, you know, I wouldn't recommend you get two doctorate degrees and start a practice and fail two years later and go in million dollars into debt and then be humbled, be broken and then find somebody and work under them for three years, going to Africa, a difficult person to work with, and then finally be chosen by God to, to reach the Muslim villages in the Sahara Desert, basically, across West Africa. That's a, you know, that's a unique story. It's my story, but it doesn't have to be your story. You guys get to partner. You get to receive the reward without having to do go through all the pain and suffering that we have. But anyway, how we've, we've managed to cover parts of Chad here in the west, northern Cameroon, we're making good progress here. Niger, we've been all over Niger, middle, north, northwest, west, southwest, southeast. Uh, the only place we haven't been is way up here in Libya, but we've been close, you know, in this area here. And, and we got partners working in that area that we're working with. Nigeria, a little bit in the north. Uh, Burkina Faso, I'll show you a map of that in a second. Mali, Ivory Coast, Burkina, uh, Ghana. No, we haven't had much work in Ghana. Actually, I started off in, in my Africa mission going to Ghana five or six times, but, but now uh, we've got Togo and Benin. Uh, we got guys that are going there, too. Uh, one right now is in the field named Ayuba. Next slide, please. 
All right, this is where we went in the fall. I haven't reported to you yet what happened there. Uh, we went to the Sikasso area, and there are unreached people groups all around in kind of a wheel-like fashion in this area. These are the Senofo, and the distribution of this ethnic group of the Senefo, and they, they speak Senefo and, and Bambara. Uh, I didn't realize just how popular Bambara was in this region of uh, Mali and, and, and Burkina Faso. Next slide, please. This is, this is the fall. This was our team in the fall. This, this young man here, is, his name is Abdullah uh, Gatara, or his nickname is Dudu. And uh, he, is, uh, he learned English just from Americans who visited him and who he worked with as he was translating the Bible into his own language, the Neorophilo. And so he is the, as far as I know, the only voice for the gospel among the Neorophilo, which represents a 30,000 group of people in northern Ivory Coast. So we facilitate his ministry to go into those areas, and he's having, you know, he's having good success when he has time to get away from Bible translation. So this is a key man here, Abdul Nakru. He's won tens of thousands of people to Christ, Muslims mostly, since he's joined my ministry the last three years. This is uh, uh, Eves, yeah, Traore Eves. He lives in the western part of Burkina Faso. He lives in the eastern part. So these two men have covered uh, Burkina Faso pretty, pretty well. Now, Eves, he has a personality where he can chip at the hard ground and it doesn't bother him to, to come back from a mission of five, six villages with only 150 converts to Christ. The Jula are a difficult people right now. The timing may not be right, and we're, but we're chipping away at the unbelief. And that's James Lane, Pastor James from City Church. Next slide, please. And this is us in the capital of Sikasso. This is a idol here. We had a terrible time when we got there. Um, we went to the prefect's office. He wouldn't see us. The sub-prefect was a Muslim. He said, well, there was a false prophet who came through here a couple of months ago, stirred up a lot of trouble, and he caused fear among the people and and, and uh, claimed to do X, Y, and Z for money. And, you know, so, you know, you people aren't going to be able to do anything. No medical, no evangelism, nada. And that was the word with the bark on it. And we're like, well, we tried to negotiate, and he was unmovable. So we're like, well, okay, Lord, I called Wayne, and uh, I told the guys, I said, well, they can't keep us from walking the streets. So that's what we're going to start off doing and see what happens. Next slide, please. Well, this is Pastor Benjamin. He was our liaison in Sikasso. He works with the Assemblies of God. And he said, well, uh, there's something I need to tell you guys. And I thought, hmm, okay. So we met in one of the rooms we were staying in. He came in, got on his knees, begged for forgiveness. And I said, look, you know, whatever your sins are have already been obliterated by the blood of Jesus, just like mine. So get off your knees and let's discuss what's happened here. Well, the two group, there were two groups in this area. One was the Assemblies of God group. The other group was the uh, Evangelical Church in, in Sikasso. And they had been at odds with each other for 12 years. 
And because of this conflict, the Holy Spirit wasn't able to do a great work in this area. And I thought, oh God, now I know what my mission is. One of my missions is to bring reconciliation to these two groups so that we can move forward with the gospel here in this area. So next slide, please. So we met with the president of the Evangelical Church of of Mali and the president of the Assemblies of God of this area of Sikasso. And uh, in the African way, first thing in the morning, one group again, uh, you know, with a, another group, all in a circle, you know, kind of a powwow. And, and uh, Benjamin apologized and said, you know, I just want to say I'm sorry on behalf of our organization. And, uh, and these people have come a long way. We've been turned away by the prefect, and now what are we going to do? And so the president of the evangelical church, and he's, you can see he's got that kind of stern look on his face, and, and he's all ecclesiastical, of course, you know, and religious. And, and I don't mean to mock him, you know, that's just not my style. But, but he said, uh, well, let's go meet with the prefect, get this thing settled up. Why? Well, the prefect was one of his boys, you know? And so it's, I'm, sure the, I'm sure he told the prefect, we don't know these people coming. I wouldn't let them do anything. And now they've met us. They've heard our story. We go back to the prefect. Next slide. All right. This is what we do. You know, James Lane talking to the children in each of the villages. And, uh, you know... Obviously, we got permission later. But in, Pen- in Benjamin's village, he said, let's do a crusade tonight in my village. And, and I knew it was against the law, but I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we set up the Jesus film and got going. And in the middle of the crusade, he gets a call from the prefect. And the prefect says, well, uh, you know, uh, you guys can do evangelism. That's okay. I've talked to the president of this organization. He's okay with you guys. And so, yeah, go ahead. And I just thought, wow, the power of reconciliation. Think about that. The power of God's grace to bring these two groups together in love, now able to work together. And because of the reconciliation, now the Holy Spirit is able to use us. He couldn't even use us before. And now we're able to reach out with the word of God to these places. But you can imagine how tough that was for us to run into that, that wall that we had to overcome. But praise God, the power of love defeated the power of the enemy. Next slide, please. And this is uh, evangelical beads. That's one of the ways we reach the kids. You know, uh, each bead stands for some aspect of the gospel message. And uh, the, the children, believe it or not, are really... They can remember things very well. They're paying attention. And then when they have this uh, visual cue, it can remind them of what they've received with Christ. Next slide, please. Another group of kids. Kids always are great, fo- fo- greatly photogenic. Another di- a different village. Next slide, please. And here's a couple of pictures of, of this area. This is a subtropical area of uh, Mali. And uh, so it, it's, it's not like the rest of the Sahara Desert. But, you know, these anhill, this anthill here is probably about 10 feet tall. And these are aerial roots down by the river. Next slide, please. 
And these are some of the roads we had to go through to get to some of the villages we went to. Next slide, please. And uh, we had to cross, uh, ford this water here. There's a little uh, dam here, and the water's rushing across. I was worried about these people being able to make it, but they did, and so did we. Next slide, please. And uh, there's a little closer view of it. Next slide, please. Uh, just, you know, some of the storage sheds for the, for the grain that they grow. Some of the corn, man, can get up to seven, eight feet tall. It's, it's amazing what a little water will do for a crop, huh? And next slide, please. And uh, here is a village that we ran into kind of just, well, the Holy Spirit helped us run into this place. Because we were at another village and talking to a pastor in that area, and he said, yeah, there are 200 believers here. And so I'm looking at Abdel going, mm, son, you didn't do your job, you know. And, uh, you know, the, I'm like, you know, we, we don't go to places where the gospel has been before. And they're not the right ethnic group, the, one, the unreached ethnic group I was looking for. So I told the pastor, I said, sir, we're not, you know, we're not supposed to be here. Are there any Sapiri Sanofo villages that are close by we can reach? And he said, oh, well, there is this one on the border I've been wanting to reach out to. I uh, hadn't gotten there yet. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a few miles away, but it'll, it'll take us a couple hours to get there. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay, because there are no roads. And, and so we're just going through paths in the, in, in, in the, in the area. Well, eventually we got there, and this young man is the chief's son. And as you know, as is my custom, I preach to the chief and elders first because we meet with them first to get permission to do our program, give them a little gift, the gift of eternal life or another gift, or in this case, a proclaimer. But uh, the chief was blind. I laid hands on him, and at first he felt like he was seen better but he didn't immediately get, get uh, his sight back. Uh, but I shared the gospel message, and I, I was raising my hand, you know, if you want to receive Jesus, raise your hand, you know. And, and uh, so I'm waiting. Holy Spirit said, wait, Dave, you know, give him a chance. And then the chief son says, do you people not understand what he's telling you? If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. And so he raises his hand. And then all of the elders and the family of the chief, and you know, they all followed suit. It, it's interesting, the, the, the African mind, how it works. Very tribal. They make decisions together. Uh, if there's a majority, you can bring almost everyone who, who is at, at that meeting you know, uh, into agreement. Now, whether or not their hearts are all united in that decision is, you know, it's up to the Lord. That's not my choice. But my, my job is to articulate the gospel of grace and the exchange life in a clear way so that they can clearly understand the simplicity and purity of, of knowing Jesus. So we gave him a proclaimer in, in a particular language, and I think this was Bambara, but this village name was uh, Napaso. And <clears throat> it was interesting because the rain had come was threatening the meeting. And Abdel says to me, well, Dad, we better pack up the equipment because the rain's coming. And I looked at him like, son, what? You know, son, do you not understand the authority that we have in Christ? Do you think the Father wants these people to hear the gospel message? 
to see the film about Jesus? And he's like, oh, yeah, right, Dad. So I, I took the microphone and, and uh, took authority over the clouds and the storms, and they went around our village. We had a chance to show the film, and, and uh, many people got healed. Uh, but, you know, we were five hours out of Sikasso, and it was late, and I just, I actually cut off the healing. I, was, I hope I didn't insult the Holy Spirit, but I kind of cut it short a little bit. But we had, oh, man, I can't even remember all the, the different miracles we saw, but uh, just some impressive things. And, and then I gave a second altar call, and, and, you know, I think I did in that village. But anyway, about 300 people got saved, the whole crowd basically, who had come out to watch the Jesus film that day. Next slide. And there's Jesus on the cross. Does anybody need a reminder? Okay, next slide, please. We're preaching to the crowds. This crowd is pretty big. And we had 25 miracle healings in that crowd. I didn't lay hands on anyone. I just prayed for the whole crowd and gave them, you know, God gave them faith to believe. And then he, he gave them miracles of healing. The, the crowd really honored us. They honored the Lord. And the Lord really responded to their need. Next slide, please. So we're at the... at. Uh, uh, the capital of Bamako, and uh, fixing to leave the next day, fly out. And uh, let's see, who's with me on that trip, honey? Uh, last fall. It was James, yeah, just James and myself. So this young man, he helped us with all the, all the, um, the items we bought at the marketplace, and he was carrying them for us. And you might think that's not a big deal. It really is because if, if you get a few souvenirs and it's kind of hard to handle everything uh, without some help. And uh, he was a very quiet man. And so we're waiting on our car. And I'm like, Abdul, where's our vehicle? You know, and the, well, the driver's driving around here. And suddenly the Holy Spirit said to me, do you think this young man might want to know about me? And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's my job, isn't it? Okay, and, and so I, I preached the gospel to him, a humble man. I think his name was Musa, actually, and uh, like our Musa, the general in uh, Nigeria. And uh, he was touched by the word of God, and, and we gave him a New Testament in French, and he went on his way with the word of God, and we went on ours. Next slide, please. Okay, I'm about to finish up here. Uh, these these arrows are pretty redundant, aren't they? they? All look the same, but they represent in a region, uh, not just one village, but or one trip, but but a region where we have managed to uh, uh, reach out to unreached Muslim villages with the gospel of Jesus, with a fair amount of fruit. In fact, these all these areas have been very fruitful except among the Jula, as I mentioned before, kind of in, in this area here. But uh, Ayuba, he's the one that goes to Togo and Benin, and there's another section of Benin he's been to. Uh, this is just in the last year. And right now he's working among the Biali as we speak. The Biali are another unreached uh, ethnic group of Muslims who live in in north, the, the upper north part of, of Togo, northwest part of Togo. Um, 
Abdel went to Fada and Gorma, and he went to Pini earlier this year. This was the, the latest trip for him. Everything in red is very, very recent. So January 1st, you know, this is the Ephesians 3.20 year, right? God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that you think or ask according to the power at work within you, within us. Well, January 1st, 3 o'clock in the morning, he hears a voice while he's sleeping. Go to Peeney. And he's like, what? Where's Peeney? What, what's this all about? And so he gets up, he prays for a little while, goes back to bed. And then the voice appear, uh, spoke again and said, come help us. Come help us. And he's like, wow, I got to tell dad about this. So he texts me. And I said, uh, when you plan on going? He said, the 21st. I said, no, how about the 12th? You know, <laughs> we've got money from the, from the, no, we didn't have money at the time. We, we had enough money to send him, though. And uh, so he goes along the way, and he gets to Kudagu, which is, I guess, the county seat for Pini. And the prefect of Kudagu says, now, that's a dangerous area. You're going to have to rent some troops. And I thought, oh, here we go again, you know expensive salvations. That's the way I look at soldiers, you know. But, you know, um, so we anteed up about 700 from Lost But Not Forgotten, and the church paid about 300, and another guy paid 50. So we were able to hire those guys, and so he continued on his trip with those 10 soldiers. And first village, lays hands on a woman who is totally blind, an older woman. She gets healed immediately, and she starts to see. And then the next morning, the soldiers come up to him and say, hey, uh, is this what you, is true, really true about what you're t- telling us about Jesus? And he said, yeah, it's true. Let me tell you some more. And, and all 10 soldiers come to Christ. One gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. So he goes to another village, and uh, the chief's son gets saved, and he tags along for the next few villages. And, and he says, you know, I want to start doing this. I want to start evangelizing. So he's like, okay, I'll call Dad. We'll get you a megaphone and some Bibles and see what we can do. And, well, anyway, by the time it's all over, he's won about 10,000 to Christ in this area. And, you know, as I, as I analyze this, and why didn't the Lord, you know, let me make the decision to come here or whatever, I, I was like, I noticed that most of this group are groups are animists. There's the, the Muslim population is only about 40%. So the Lord knows my heart. He, he knows I wouldn't have put this group. It would have been like 10 years from now before I ever thought about going there. And, and so uh, that's, I think that's why. Plus, they're ready. They're ready to hear the gospel. And then in Fada and Gorma, uh, a couple of stories there. Uh, one is, uh, next slide, honey. Let's go to, uh, this is Ayuba, who was uh, telling you about, who's in Togo. He's an, ex, he's an excellent evangelist. He's seen Jesus in a vision at 19, dying on the cross and smiling at him. And next, next slide, please. And that's Abdel. He's, a, he's the mover and shaker in Burkina Faso. He's totally sold out to Jesus. Makes a whopping $150 a month. Has a wife and a kid we named Anna. Next slide, please. This is Karamu, the first disciple out of Bledegoud several years ago. And now he's an evangelist. Next slide, please. And this is Abdel Karim. He's a new believer. I wanted to reserve my comments 
to the things happening this year, but he got saved in December. That's okay. And now, uh, the next day after he got his megaphone, he won 130 Muslims to Jesus in the marketplace. So, you know, it's, it's not following the usual four years of Bible school, you know, two years of apprenticeship, and then you can go pastor a church, you know, in, you know out in Timbuktu. No, God is using these new believers who have passion for the gospel, who are ignorance on fire, to reach out to their own people. Next slide, please. This is that chief's son, Suleiman, who became a believer in Pini. So he wins his best friend to Christ right after that. And then the two of them go into the marketplace with a megaphone, win 25 more to Christ. He's recently won another 15 to Christ. You know, these guys are active, and they don't need our help other than a little bit of support to, to get into the... the that last slide I showed you of Abdel Karim, he won 2,000 to Christ at an at a organized outreach we helped him with uh, just this year. So he gets saved in December and has won over 2,000 Muslims to Jesus. That's, that's an amazing thing. I said to Abdel, you know, I kept asking him the same question. He said, really, Abdel? I mean, yeah, Dad. I mean, he's a recent believer. He said, even I am amazed, too. <laughs> you know? And I thought, well, that's funny the way he put that. Next slide, please. And that's Emmanuel. He's uh, one of my sons. I've, I've named two boys after myself that he's had recently. Uh, one name's David. The other's named Jedediah. So he's going to be working with me in, in, in uh, Cameroon. But the story I wanted to tell you about Abdel and Fada, and I'll, I'll end with this, is uh, kind of interesting. You know, he's, he's uh, the pastor in that region, not in that exact area, but in that region, has been trying to go to these five villages. It, you know, he's tried five times to go there. Finally, he's, he heard about Abdel, that he was an evangelist to the villages, the Muslim villages. He said, you've got to come with me. And he said, okay. So Abdel goes with him, and he preaches. Well, in the first village, the mayor's son, he's listening to, watching the Jesus film, when suddenly he falls out in the crowd. Um, and Abdel turns off the film, walks over to him, lays hands on him, and he rises up and says, I've got to say something. So Abdel says, okay, here's a microphone. What do you got to say? And he says, well, when you were praying for me, I saw a demon leave my body. And then the mayor comes up and says, yes, indeed, my son had a spirit, a a demonic spirit of epilepsy, and now he's free. And after I've seen the power of God work in his life, now I'm going to give the pastor here some land to build a church in this village. So praise God for that. Well, of course, the miracles don't stop there. Abdel continues to to win thousands to the Lord in these villages. And finally, in the last village, you know, the day before, I was a little worried that our equipment would be uh, damaged by somebody. And, And I said, watch the generator. So they put a soldier over the generator that day, but it wasn't that day. It was the next day, and it wasn't the generator that was damaged, uh, uh, a young man named Rahim threw rocks at the projector and the DVD player and destroyed basically the projector and the DVD player. You couldn't see the screen. And uh, 
So they arrested the man because, you know, there's soldiers with Abdel. He had to rent a soldier, you know, several, several of them, 12, I think, and, uh, which means we had to rent them. And, and so, uh, uh, oh, and by the way, they got saved too. Seven of the 12 got saved. That, that was good. But anyway, this, this uh, young man was sent to, to jail, and the officer said, now come back in the morning and you'll get your stuff you know, he'll have to pay for it, you know, he'll have to pay the damages and just come to the jail. So he, so Abdul tells me this and texts me and I said, well, make sure you forgive the guy and let him out of jail tomorrow morning. He said, yeah, it's a good idea, I'll do that. And, and uh, so he goes to the jail and he talks to them. I said, make sure you talk to the man though and tell him what he did was wrong, you know. And so he talks to the man and uh, after he talks to the man, he tells the police chief, okay, let him go now. And the chief's like, what? You know, I have never seen this level of love or compassion in my entire life. And so Abdel has a chance to, to preach to the whole station now. And I don't know how many got saved. But as Abdel was leaving, the young, the young man was let out of prison. He runs over to Abdel, and he gets on his knees and says, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Uh, because you know what Abdul had said to him right before that? As he was leaving, he said, Jesus paid the price for your freedom. See ya. And, and that's, when he, that's when he ran up to him and got saved. So, you know, another expensive disciple, okay? We paid a thousand for that projector, you know? Hundred for that DVD player, but the resources are the Lord's, and um, so we don't quibble too much about you know cost. We you know we we pay what's necessary to get the job done, and this is what's necessary. We need and also just by the way, FYI, we need another three to four thousand before I leave next week, but you know no pressure. You know, God's my resource. It's like I told the last church, you know, and, and uh, I'm, I'm at peace, you know. Because uh, the, the word, the truth says what? The truth says I have more than enough for every good work. And the Father, of course, I have history with the Father. He's, he's been faithful so many years. He's, that's his name. It remains his name. He's the same yesterday, today, and, and, and tomorrow. And, and so, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen, but the Father's going to do it. And it's going to be ultimately for what? You know, for His glory, for Jesus' glory. You know, Jesus is the, you know, His glory and His body is the ultimate intention of the Father to glorify His Son and to glorify Himself. And uh, that's the beauty of walking with God is to, as you walk by faith, you get to see the glory the goodness of God. And I thank you for helping me be a part of seeing that glory all over West Africa. The job's not done yet. We still have six or seven countries, but I got a 15-year plan, and, and everything is going according to God's plan. And by the grace of God, it will continue to do so until we've reached all of the lost but not forgotten. Thank you very much. God bless you.